Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by the Collective Experience. If you're interested in going to a pro motocross race in the near future and want an exclusive experience, you want to have an internship and uh, and really get immersed into the sport of motocross, you need to look up the Collective Experience, the Collective XP on Instagram. The CollectiveEx.com is where you want to go. This podcast is also brought to you by Medterra CBD. Medterra CBD is your one-stop shop for all of your CBD uh, needs whether it's the uh, the capsules first thing in the morning or you're doing the the tinctures with the oil put in your coffee it tastes awesome and uh, it's great for anxiety and inf- inflammation or as well as they have their topical creams that are fantastic take away a lot of that sensation from sore muscles and definitely get you moving that much faster take it from me someone who uses it all the time and every time that I go to medterracbd.com I enter discount code BigMXRadio15 to save 15% on every single one of my purchases. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, he is a repeat offender on the podcast. We call him up way too much uh, based on uh, the, the the comments and the emails that we get. We don't want this guy on the show as often, but you know what? He always answers when we, take, we, we give him a call, so he's going to continue uh, breaking things down for us. And this one's an exciting one because we just got off the heels of two red buds in a row. Can I be in a red bud? Red bud. All right, fair enough. Uh, and uh, he is the sole proprietor of the collective experience. Good friend of mine, and uh, he's all he coming answering this call all the way down in Wisconsin. Uh, what's up, Dave? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about this one. I know we, we were pretty empty about Iron Man, but I am even more excited about Red Bed, if you can believe that. So, no, I'm pumped to be on and, and talking some moto stuff, dude. No doubt, no doubt. Dave Drake's here on the Big MX Radio Pod. Uh, we talked about it off-air, Dave. Uh, a lot of interns taking uh, the opportunity to be immersed in a motocross uh, superstar's uh basically racing program for the day for the weekend uh one of the probably the best ways to get into and 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 get that uh, peek behind the curtain uh, at one of these races especially when there's uh no fans allowed uh give us a little bit of a rundown on the internship program where uh you've been uh, connecting some uh some fans with uh and, and people who want to work in the sport um with some well-deserved uh, privateers that will that uh that get a lot, a lot of benefit as well yeah, man, uh, our interns have been having an absolute blast. I mean, they, they're really getting a chance to have like one-on-one contact with so many top-performing privateers and support riders. Uh, and like you said, it's really unique because no fans are allowed in the pits. Uh, but with our program, you're you know you're able to not only get into the pits when there's no one there, um, but you're you're directly helping a professional racing team. So not only do you get the experience of number one, like I said, being in pro pits. Um, having it somewhat empty, um, getting a chance to literally just go behind the velvet rope, but you're getting hands-on experience that can later like translate uh, into a, a position with a team or or with a goggle company or with a gear dude or, or or whatever it is. I mean, people are getting hired from this program left and right, and it, um, it, it really makes me happy to be able to kind of combine a lot of our fans' passions with, you know, what they want their career to be, as well as help so many of our highly deserving privateers. I mean, they love the the extra help. They love interacting with our fans and our interns. 
Um, they love giving them that connection, that experience. I mean, you know, giving them phone numbers of, of this person, that person that really make those lifelong lasting network connections. And um, it, it's, it's been great, man. Such great feedback. And I'm just really happy we're able to still do it. I mean, it's having to, you know, we've had to kind of cut down the numbers a little bit, but still we're getting as many people through the, through the door as possible. And, and they're loving it, man. And this is definitely a, an awesome season to be able to, you know, to be front and center for the racing kind of like in that insider position, man, because I don't think you get a better seat in the house than like where these guys get to go. So yeah, it, it's been super fun and we're just and to be able to keep doing it a little bit extra access on a summer where uh access is at a premium and the collective experience making that happen man like it, it must be really cool to uh get an opportunity to uh just disconnect people who are passionate about the sport who uh they, they want to help out they want to help a privateer and they also want to get that really cool experience uh and on top of that they might shake the hand of an industry person that ends up uh, hiring them on for a job it, it, it's a honestly there is no drawback to the uh, the internship program, it, it's something that uh, if the podcast world doesn't work out for me, maybe I dial you up for one of these. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, man, like, it, it, like you said it. I mean, you can meet people like yourself, and um, you know, people with, who 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 work for you know tire companies and stuff like that. You're meeting so many people throughout the day that a lot of people kind of get inspired to like you know go off and do their own deal, or or you know they look up to people like yourself who are like, man, he's able to make a really cool podcast. Maybe I can do something similar. Or, or maybe I can talk to Brad and he can hook me up with this guy and there's your, there's your job there. So, I mean, at the very minimum with the program, you're getting an awesome experience, just kind of getting like a super duper pass. You know what I mean? Um, so at the very minimum, you're getting that. But on top of that, we're adding tremendous value through, you know, free swag, connections, interactions with, with professional racers. I mean, you're re- literally making these like connections that could take you super far. I mean, people are getting hooked up with gear. I mean, you, you never know who you're going to meet or what's going to happen. Um, and, and it makes me really happy to see the industry kind of, you know, really fostering and nurturing the program and, and really uh, running with it, man. It, it, it's been super fun. I'm really happy that so many people are benefited from it. So, yeah, it's been fun. Awesome, man. Well, glad to hear it. And hopefully people take me up on my recommendation to go to collectivex.com, uh, collective, or collectivexp on Instagram as well. The Collective EX on Instagram, the collectivexp.com uh, online. Fair enough. It's your fault that I keep fe- yeah. fucking those up. Uh, far be it for me to uh, I, tell I you. I tried to get it. I tried I know, to get I know. both the same. Dude, it's so hard. <laughs> Fair enough. That's always yeah, Dave's excuse is that yeah. it's hard. I could only imagine being your personal trainer. Uh, but Dave, let's uh, let's jump straight into this thing. Let's talk 450s, and we have a monumental yeah. occasion um, and it, this is something that it's, it's been like a long time coming. It probably should have happened sooner. Um, but, uh, like when you talk about like an ascent to greatness and I'm not crowning this kid by any means, but it's, what's amazing to see is flipping through, uh, the pickle back in the day or old playground magazines or any, uh, like, like racer X's or trans world and you see this kid on a 65 number 92 in your program uh just knocking down wins he's he's well spoken he's like he's uh head to toe an alpine star back in the day back when no kids were an alpine star um like just the the absolute like a bit of the chosen one you know what i mean and like he had a rough go of things handlebar through corners <laughs> oh absolutely um and it just yeah, like it's so cool he had so many cool video segments over the years and watching him sort of progress 
Uh, Adam Cien Cerullo, uh, for the first time, is a uh, is a overall winner in the 450 class. It happens on his the same day he wins his first moto. I thought he was going to go one one. Uh, has a bit of a, a get together with uh, with one of the uh, um, the lappers, but I actually I think that Blake Baggett was sort of on a mission in that moto anyway. Might have got him, but honestly, I would have loved to have seen him go one one. I'm sure he would have wanted to go one one uh, on the day, and I guess that's still a carrot to to, uh, to chase now. But um, he finally put it all together. Like you, we we grow up as as fans of the sport before we're really working in the sport. And I try not. I try to be objective. I try to stay, stay uh, like uh, uh, what's the what's the right word? But like just like uh, non-partial here. But honestly, I had a smile ear to ear watching Adamantic Adamantic no, Adam Cienzarulo. Uh, lead 17 laps, all 17 laps of the, uh, of the first 450 moto. Uh, and it was incredible to see guy takes, takes it home. A one, three performance is good enough for a win. And, uh, yeah, I know you got a bunch of things to say as well. It's just cool to see Adam get the thing done. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's super great. I mean, I don't think there's one person out there that doesn't like Adam Tinsurillo. I mean, for so many of us, he's, he's super like almost relatable and, and, Obviously, none of us have, you know, world record for Loretta's wins or all the accolades, whatever, but he's just so down to earth, so likable, a regular guy that just puts the work in, um, very well spoken. I think he's a tremendous ambassador for a sport in a time when most guys are only talking about their personal program, uh, making fun of the bike or talking about the team and like how great their tires are. Like Adam is goes in depth with everything. Um, and and we, we all want to see him do great. And this is like the first step in him, like, making a name for himself in 450s and, and you, you came in with a bunch of hype right like we all know he's going to do great and blah 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 but i think in a, in a class that's so stacked right now against oh, an eli tomac like this this just goes to show how much heart how much talent how much dedication he has and i mean i don't think many people are talking about him really having many wins or at least potentially going one, one outdoors. Yeah. Supercross. He's kind of a supercross kind of guy. He did win the outdoor title last year, but again, this class is stacked with guys who are outdoor specialists, Tomek, Baggett, uh, you know, you, Marv, you, you name it. I mean, these guys are absolute threats outdoors and for him to be able to almost go one, one, yeah, like you said, he kind of got tangled up with the, with the lapper and Baggett was on, he was on freaking mission. Um, but this is awesome, man. I was I was really happy to see. Um, I try to be non-partial and, and non-biased also, but I was like I told you, I was like on the couch, like cheering the dude on, like, hey, man, it's still one-one, you know. So I, I think this is this is going to be a huge confidence booster for him uh, in a sport that we all know is stupid mental, you know. Uh, it, it's it's going to be really cool to see if he can back it up and and you know keep this high going and uh, you know show us something when we go to Spring Creek in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Um, leading all but six motos of the whole day, uh, putting in fast laps, looking great out front, looks good on the bike. Uh, there is still certain moments when you, you see like flashes of um, like years ago, Adam on a 250F, uh, but then also you see the maturity in his riding style uh, where he's able to just like tractor through some corners. Uh, he certainly likes having the extra horsepower of the 450, making the Larocco's leap look so easy, lap after lap, um, and and just honestly some really smart line choices. I I found um, 
there's a bunch of uh, like there there was um, not a ton of different lines out there, but uh, the ones that uh, w- there was one w- there was lines that were working and w- lines that weren't working, and uh, I find it so easy uh, when you watch these guys. Uh, even though a line not, might not be working for these guys, they're comfortable with one specific one. Um, and Adam's different like that. He doesn't like he doesn't like to go right back to something that's just not working. He 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 searches for good lines. He searches for something that it w- works. Um, like right after the Larocco was late, he was uh, going basically sort of middle of that corner right after the leap and then kind of jumping through that next corner a lot better than a lot of guys were sort of sending it further deeper into that straightaway so he wouldn't have to like sort of continue turning when when he came off uh, and I think he was honestly making up a few tenths of a second right there every lap and that was uh that was a few things that he had in his pocket and honestly for me more than anything it was like the uh like a 450 outdoor like overall win to me holds a little bit more weight than a supercross for me anyway, just as far as uh, how hard they are, how much hard work that goes into it and all. And that, that's the, that's the core of our sport. Um, so to me, that's the pinnacle, uh, like from all the way from fifties, Cobras and KX 65s, 85 super minis um, and two fifty Fs. 450 outdoor win for uh, Adam and uh, I keep wanting to call him Adam. Eknab, my God. Adam C. and Cerullo uh, from Claremont, Florida. Absolutely crushed it. Yeah, he did good, man. I think he got ending up on the brains. You should probably text him and say hi. Yeah, <laughs> um, honestly. But I, I should know. probably text him and make <laughs> yeah, him feel better after going 28-28. <laughs> yeah, this is a bummer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think when you, when you talk about how Adam changes up his lines and he's able to, like, really – decipher the track in, in a way that makes his riding way more effective that just goes to him being a student of the sport you know most guys they're like yeah i'm fast grip it and rip it just rush through the sections and figure it out adam like puts the time and actually like really study not saying the other guys don't but you can tell that's just such a huge focus for him and perfecting his game where like you said he'll find a line oh not working let me try six inches this way oh not working six, six inches the other way oh not working let me go on this one. Oh, this one works oh this one got blown out let me try a different one so yeah he's not afraid to like really mix things up and see what's fast. And um, you, you, you can tell he's not always in panic mode like some guys are. So I thought that's uh, that's super unique. And, and like you said, watching the guy from 50s, I mean, we can pull up YouTube videos right now of him just crushing it at like mini L's on a 50, you know, and, and seeing where he's come to uh, his first overall on a 450, man, it's super, super cool. And, and the fact that, yeah, you're right, outdoor motos are – 10 times as hard as a supercross. I mean, and, and not in terms of, um, you know, like, like mentally, I'm just saying the amount of physical exertion, the work on the bike, the way you have to manage your motorcycle, manage the race, um, lines are always changing. There's a lot more lines in an outdoor race. The tracks are bigger, more things can happen. It, it's, there's so much more involved. And um, it, yeah, I definitely put a little bit more weight on, on outdoor models and stuff like that. So hats off to Adam on a great ride. I'm sure this is the start of, many to come and you know next step is drinking together you know one ones and then you know multiple wins and then being you know a really a really serious title threat um we could see that kind of unfold a little bit maybe end of this year where he's starting to be a little bit more consistent but um yeah i'm excited to see what the end of the season holds and even going into next year if you can even talk about next year outdoors um yeah adam should have some serious momentum going into that as like a, a title threat and really uh really piss these guys off a little bit you know Absolutely. He is, uh, he has officially arrived 
Adam Cianciarolo in the 450 class, in my opinion, definitely uh, pencil him in for, uh, for Supercrosses and outdoor uh, overalls in years to come. Uh, another guy who's won his fair share of overalls in the past, uh, he was on a mission in that second moto, Grand Terrace. California's own, uh, the number four of Blake Baggett. He was on a mission. He led laps. He was absolutely fucking flying uh, in that second moto. Uh, sixth place in the first moto uh, is going to hurt his kind of overall. Uh, he, he easily could have been uh, like nipping at uh, Adam's heels for, for the overall. But uh, a 6-1 on the day, 40 points, and, uh, and second overall. Uh, Blake Baggett was just not to be denied in that second moto. I was impressed. Uh, I wish we'd see this speed and the uh, the consistency a little bit more often, I guess. Um, but uh, just another contender, another guy who is going to get thrown in the mix all the rest of this season long. It's it's incredible to see how many guys we've had win motos now, and uh, that just goes to show how stacked this 450 class is. In fact, the first moto. From first all the way back to six, we're just straight up bad dudes. And uh, it's amazing to think that uh, we don't have Anderson in the mix right now. We don't have uh, Ken Roxon in the mix. We don't have Cooper Webb in the mix. Like, inject those three guys. You got nine dudes that are, like, straight up win motos. Win motos very easily. In fact, uh, like, it, it, it would be, it'd be shocking if uh, any one of those guys doesn't get a moto win throughout an entire summer, and the reality is, is that uh, it, like that's often just not the case with a lot of these guys. There's so much talent out there, uh, so we're it's an embarrassment of riches in the 450 class right now, and uh, we're the reaping the benefits when we're watching on that uh, uh, on the NBC Sports Gold app. Oh, definitely! Like, there's so many guys that can win, and this kind of goes back to what we talked about. Uh, for our loyal listeners who came back um, listening to our Supercross preview, um, you can, like you said, the top nine. I mean, if we if we did get Cooper back, um, you know, AP was there and a bunch of other guys. Uh, that's that's more than that's like 12, 13 guys that that are winning threats in this class and all factory guys. I mean, that's that's some serious that's some serious stuff. A couple of years ago, we had what maybe three guys four guys tops that could maybe nab a moto win. Now yeah. we don't even know. Just getting just getting a whole shot is like holy crap. You know, and, oh my God, we gotta get a whole shot. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's so competitive. The start's really important guys, now too. It, it, yeah, exactly. Where I don't I don't honestly like I don't think going back a couple of years ago, that starts with that important. If you're fast like a Tomac or you know back in a few years ago, I'll treat the cabaret late in the late in the race, bam, 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 I can knock him off. Now, if you don't get that good start, you're kind of SOL. And not to not to give us a you know foreshadow or anything or, or prelude, but we saw that with Fernandez in the 250s. The guy is by far the fastest guy, but you know he's not getting a start. And sorry, dude, you're still in for seventh. And we're seeing that now. Like it's super hard the 450 to actually get out front and like and and do something because these guys are so fast. So when they actually do it. It, it's a feat, man. You know, like getting a whole shot. Holy crap, that's amazing. Because it sets you up that much better, and you've got like some of the best outdoor guys in the world nipping at your heels right behind you. So, this is great, yeah. man. Like, I, I haven't had so much fun watching races since like since I was like ten or twelve, dude. This is this is so much fun just being able to you know just sit back and watch some great racing in full and never know who's going to come in second or third or win. And there's there's battles going up front from you know for, for first and second. 
to fourth and fifth to seventh and eighth to tenth and twelfth, there's guys battling like insanely. So this has been this. I feel like it's just like a, a super fan that's getting treated to like some of the best races. I don't think we could have asked for a much better season than this. No, not 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 at all. And we'll get to the two fifties in a moment here. Um, but uh, the first thing we got to talk about, honestly, is uh, the elephant in the room. Um, that's the big number one. Uh, you you got to imagine, like, like and I can't even remember the last time Kawasaki had any type of a one-two punch, let, let alone last year's champ, uh, who can still win races, by the way, and then uh, Adam Cincerullo now, who I think he has the second most uh, laps led out of anybody, uh, aside from uh, Zach Osborne on the year. Um, but uh, you know that Eli Tomac probably wasn't part of the team celebration um, at uh, after Red Butt, probably gone long before uh, anybody got back to the truck. Uh, probably wasn't asked to do any uh, any media whatsoever because he goes two seven for fifth overall. Um, like I I don't know I don't know what to say about that. Like not like. Bad starts, obviously uh, coming back from dead last in the second moto to seventh is a good damage control moto, um, but every single weekend he can see, seems to lose points to uh, to Zach Osborne. Um, like he, I still think he's one of the best guys in the class. I think he's uh, he's probably a one B to uh, Zach Osborne right now uh, on speed. Um, but we haven't, we haven't even seen that a lot of times in qualifying seventh in qualifying. Um, like he's never been a fantastic starter, but, uh, yeah, it's this, this is starting to get to panic mode here with only, I believe four rounds to go eight motos to make up, is it 40, it's 45 points more right now on, uh, on Osborne, and I don't think he's going to give, uh, he's not going to be giving these things away in handfuls. So, uh, like, I don't know about you, but as far as I'm concerned, Eli Tomac's summer, uh, is, um, is, it's in its twilight. This thing is, is, is about as close to done for Eli as it can be, uh, unless he's able to make some sort of crazy comeback amidst, uh, Zach Osborne having some incredibly unfortunate luck. Uh, down the stretch here, uh, it's not good for uh, for Eli Tomac, and uh, I really, honestly, I d I can't for certain say why it is. It's uh, maybe sometimes, maybe it's the uh, the uh, hangover from Supercross. Maybe it's a bunch of other things, but to me, he just doesn't seem uh, to have it. Yeah, it, it's so hard to pinpoint because it could be a number of variables, right? Um, you could have a Supercross hangover. And we've we've seen the documentaries where guys are like, yeah, you know, motocross is safe second fiddle of supercross. You know, you put so much into a supercross campaign. When you get that title, I mean, you kind of like have to put moto to the wayside and stuff. But I mean, he is our like three time champ on a setting that I'm sure he's very comfortable and familiar with outdoors. You know, his teammates winning on that bike. Um, you know, you, you figure he could almost I wouldn't say it'd be a layup, but it, a lot of the things that he'd have his hurdles are kind of knocked down from a little bit. Um, and that's not, you know, not mitigating any of the, I'm sure there's so many pressures and so many things that are thrown at you, but, um, yeah, you kind of figured, you know, he, he'd be the man coming in. He's again, three-time champ, knows these tracks, knows the bike. 
and he normally rides harder than everyone. It, it, it could be just a number of variables between aspect hangover, these guys all stepping up their their, their game, um, which I think that's probably uh, the main one, um, as well as, uh, you know, maybe just some unfortunate luck is a bunch of things compounding to, to give us a season that he's had. And by anyone else's standards, like pretty solid year, man. If you're, you know, fourth in points, um, you know, battling here and there for some top three, some podiums, some wins here and there. You know what I mean? It, it's a solid, solid, solid year. But for Tomac, a returning champ, like, we're like, dude, what's what's going on? You're, you're the man outdoors. Like, you know, no one's re- usually near you for 15, 20 seconds for outdoors. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I think he, it might be a little bit of burnout, too, man. Just like I said, you put so much Could into be. a Supercross campaign. You know, when you go outdoors, it's like, oh, man, I'm so tired. Now I got to go, you know, do 4.30 during the week and then, two grueling 30s on the weekends and this and that and the travel. And it, it could be just some burn yeah. on, on his part. But, um, yes. But at so, the same I mean, time, like every supercross season, he like, he battles down to the last possible supercross thinking that he might yeah. get a chance to win that title. He's never been that far out. So he's still like battling all the way down to the final, like the, the finale in Vegas. And then two weeks later comes out and like, wins the first seven, eight motos of, of the outdoors and, and or like has himself a, a huge battle with uh, Zach Osborne uh, or not Zach Osborne, Blake Baggett in 2018 for the outdoor title. Uh, same, like guys have given him all kinds of fits in the past uh, and he still battles through for 12 nationals. Like I, I, I totally get it that it's September now and he's been like, but these guys train year round. And um, yeah. I think there's a, a, a number of factors and, that are, are at play here. I think there's a the, the weather hasn't necessarily been super hot, uh, so that might be something. But um, for, for honestly, it's got to be a bit of an equal, equal playing field on these guys. And honestly, he just doesn't look faster than those guys, and he usually does. That's the biggest thing for me is that exactly. he doesn't look faster. Exactly. And I don't think he's getting tired. Like, when you see him charging late in the motos, like, you know, let's go to him and it's like, you know, five minutes ago, you know, two laps to go, whatever. He, his body's not slumping. His elbows aren't dropping. He looks like he's still, like, you know, still fit, which we all would assume would be like Tom Meg. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, um, it's a little weird. I'm so used to seeing this guy be head and shoulders over everyone else. But uh, everyone stepped their game up, man. It seems like there's five or six guys that kind of have this number, you know. So uh, yeah. it's I'd be very interested to take a peek inside of his mind, or or at least to be a fly on the wall in the Calvi rig and, and find out what what the issue is, you know. But I mean, we're all entitled to our you know off seasons here or there, and I'm sure mm-hmm. um, you know he's still he's he's still uh, you know racking in the million. So I don't I don't think he's too bum money wise. But uh, no yeah, no one's I, having I, a big it, sale for for Ad, or for uh, Eli Tomac. Tomac, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's doing just fine. But um, yeah, I, I would be very curious to see what happens, and maybe you know, maybe this is what he has to do in order to come back fresh for 2021 SX and 2021 Moto. You know what I mean? Maybe he just needs like a year where he's just kind of—I I don't want to say like phoning him in, but you know what I mean? Like maybe not pushing yourself to like that brink, that brink point. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So uh, he's got yeah. a new kid. He might be up oh. late at night. Uh, yeah. Like, Yep. New focuses, Supercross. He he won the Supercross. He's been a it's been a fucked up year, so maybe he's kind of over it. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, 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 you can't expect like we we expect guys to if they've won three, they're like the like the the fourth should be automatic. You just do what you used to do, uh, just like RC yeah. used to. 
Um, but uh, that's not really how it goes, honestly, all the time. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you could be totally burnt out. You know what it actually looks like? And I don't know if you can remember back or maybe you've watched some races, but like uh, the tail end of McGrath's career when he was racing Supercross and he was so dominant in the way he used to ride the motorcycle. And then as soon as it was two things that happened, a Carmichael just started going faster and he was in better shape than McGrath in 2001. And also you immediately saw in the riding style and the confidence in Jeremy in the like the shoulders slumped immediately. He'd go to like do something spectacular like he always did. And it wouldn't exactly work out and immediately back off. Doesn't have it anymore. Mm. Um, I hate to say that it boils down to confidence, but with these guys, like confidence is absolutely everything. And I think you saw that firsthand with Blake Baggett in the second moto. Like the guy has been, where is he in points? He's got to be outside the top five. Yeah, six. Oh, yeah, six in points. Yeah, he's got ways to go. He's got a ways to go. He's out of it. But for one moto, he was absolutely head and shoulders, like, gone. See you later. I got this. You guys don't. And you can't chalk that up to anything other than he's just fucking feeling it. Like, like I, he didn't I, get I, fitter I in the half hour. He, he didn't make radical bike changes in that half hour. It was, you know as well as I do, this sport is so mental and it's so it's, it's based a lot on on how you're feeling on the motorcycle sometimes you go around the track and it's the hardest thing you've ever done sometimes yeah. you ride like a like like something everything's just clicking you're hitting the like you're not missing shifts you got the your leg out right where it's supposed to be you're looking ahead everything just comes so easy and there's other times you go to like roll out onto the track and you stall a fucking motorcycle that's how crazy this sport can be. And, uh, yeah, I think, honestly, if there, you can have a microcosm of how crazy this sport can be is that Blake Baggett goes out there, gets sixth, although that's not a terrible finish whatsoever, but sixth is a whole lot worse than first, goes out there an hour later and beats everybody by by a, a good margin. That that's just speaks to the... The ups and downs of the sport, and I think that's what Eli Tomac's uh, dealing with a little bit right now is that he doesn't have the confidence to just go put the boots to everybody. I think it's being a little bit daunting on him. I think, like you said, he might be a little bit burnt out. All those things coming together, a little overwhelmed, and you have a champion that uh, will, in my opinion, not likely be uh, repeating for 2020. Uh, but maybe that adds some fuel to the tank for years to come. Exactly. I mean, I'm the whole thing with Baggett, like. It, it, we're super mental and rack racing went into this a little bit um mm -hmm. this week was like you know it, it's almost like a light switch with, with a lot of these guys where like you know what, for whatever reason you wake up on the right side of bed that morning and you're like you said you're flowing legs up in the corners you feel good um now it's only if these guys can figure out what that extra little x factor is and replicate um and you know and the positive self-talk and like really visualizing yourself being at the front consistently that plays a lot into it and we've seen Tomac is kind of a head case, man. Like Stewart went on record saying that in a video that he doesn't know how Tomac isn't winning every single race that he lines up to. He's by far the fastest guy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like it's, there's like maybe one or two guys, including the GP guys, that can actually beat him on any given weekend, right? Um, yeah. this, this guy should be heading towards above everybody, but I think yeah. he's, he's – But on this last weekend, he led zero laps. laps. 
this last yeah. weekend. Like it, head it, and shoulder, he should be the fastest man on the planet. And yes, on yes. at a track you'd think he'd do well at. Yes. In decent conditions, he led zero laps. Yes. That to me, exactly. something's missing. Yep. So, you, we can't I mean, go to the two fifties without talking about your guy. He was fucking there. I don't know how. You, like, you have any idea how close you are to where Stu was? Right. Is it like I thought about it for a minute. Like right when I saw him, um, someone had it on social media. I can't remember if it was like Seven and X or Larson or whatever. I saw that and I was like, God damn it! The one time I'm like, you know what? I'll sit this one out. I'll kind of sit in the couch and just relax, do my own riding this weekend. Freaking Stewart sure shows up, of course. So. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a I heard he was asking thing. about you. I, I heard the same thing. There's a rumor going around. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I mean, he, how he cool wants to, to see him back, man? That is super cool. I, I love the, the, right? the, the, the pigtail dreads. I don't know what kind of look that is, but it looked cool. I like him windmilling and towel Waving for Chase Sexton. Uh, of course, Chase has his worst race of the year when uh, James is there. Case's leap twice. Fantastic. Love it. Uh, but neither here nor there. Just great how to see James. Sorry? How, how do you case the leap on a HRC Honda? Uh, maybe you tried it in second gear? I, I don't know. It I, Honestly... It looked like it had some pretty gnarly acceleration bumps on there. But honestly, the way those guys were jumping mm -hmm. it, doesn't that just make you want to jump on one of their bikes and just be like, yeah, let's just like let, let's just see. Like it probably yeah, like, it, like it I can put my weight on the front of the bike and just send it. Like yeah, Somebody was like I'd probably I don't know pretty solid. I heard you gotta yeah. be pretty solid in the corner for like so coming to the corner charging. Get on the gas a little early and just arc the corner like almost perfectly, and then just yeah. 450, third wide, lean back, you'll be fine. That's what everyone keeps telling me. Apparently, I don't know. I like, of course, saying that I'd probably look up the hill and chicken out every single time, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Let's let's before, but let's just jet off to the, the 250s here um, and, and leave James Stewart in our dust as well as all the guys who did not jump the leap for the most part anyway. I didn't see too many guys jumping it on this on the the Monday. Lots of guys or at least the Yamaha guys jumped it on the on the Friday. I guess we're going to have to talk about both events here really because uh, we didn't do a uh, a Redbud 1 uh review, but uh RJ Hampshire this last weekend or on Monday rather, yesterday. He goes 2 2 3 42 points on the day. That's good enough to win. Uh, if you told me that Dylan Ferrandis isn't gonna lead, isn't gonna win either moto, but he's going to make up points on Jeremy Martin, I would have thought you were insane. Uh, and that that happened. Uh, if you told me that um, Shane McElrath was gonna win, was gonna lead only two laps of the first moto and actually win it, I would have thought that you were drunk. Um, but all of that happened. It was an absolute shootout. Uh, bikes flying all over the place. You had uh, Ty Masterpool leading laps, getting hole shots, being the fastest qualifier. Uh, Ty Masterpool after the first in, in the first moto on on the Friday, getting the hole shot, pointing up to his big bro up in the skies, watching down on him. Uh, rest in peace, Jesse Masterpool. Uh, it has so much going on, like. 
like I said in the the 450s, embarrassment of riches. We are we are just treated to round after round of amazing racing. I agree, man. And just before we even start, I just want to say for to, like for RJ Hampshire, who is, you know, he's been on he's been in this class for a good while. He he he's you know beyond a super senior in this class at this point. Um, for him to be able to to have a career like he's had, where he's you know been a top five guy not spectacular, ups and downs, pushing his way up to the front. For him to kind of turn his career around at this point uh, in his life and, you know, switch teams, switch bikes, have, you know, the leg injury and come back for wins and overalls. And we're talking about RJ Hampshire as a race winner again and as a, a top three guy. you got to give the guy a hand. I mean, that's so oh, difficult sure. With the to knee turn your that. career around. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's so, so cool to see that. And for him to come to do all that, and still come back from a leg injury so soon. Um, masterful stuff, man. So hats off to him. And, dude, how cool was the Thai Masterful, like, whole shots? This kid is the truth, man. Like, it's so cool to see, like, this young dude who, if you follow him on Instagram, looks like he lives, like, an amazing life, just partying and riding dirt bikes all day, um, to lead these guys. And, like, you know what I mean? He still looks kind of small on the bike. Like, he just hopped off 80. He looks super it's small. It's so super cool. Yeah, but yeah. it's so cool to see a young kid just come out and like lead the laps and start pulling away from Jeremy Martin and gapping these guys. Um, yeah. that, that's pretty awesome, man. I, I'm really enjoying watching the 250 and the 450. Normally, most guys care about the 450, but this year the 250 has been some of the best riding. And a lot of the, a lot of that, I think, uh, plays in the part that these guys are veterans in this class and they're not riding like you know super crazy over their head. Say for Dylan Ferrandez, which I want to definitely get into. Um, these guys are racing each other pretty, pretty solidly, and they're not doing any like really stupid, stupid things. So, I thought it's super awesome to see that, man. I'm really, really excited to see this, the rest of this of this play out, man. I'm I'm almost wanting to see like Monday a race, Tuesday a race, Wednesday, because I just I just want I don't want this to end. You know, I want to keep watching what's going to happen when these guys meet up at a new track every day. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's really awesome and. Um, the the fact that Dylan went five two as the fastest guy at two fifty and still made up points on on uh, on Martin um, is it, pretty insane to me. And the fact that he even went eleven in one moto is insane to me. So that just goes to show, like you said, how crazy this two fifty class is right now in twenty twenty. Absolutely, like you had uh, two guys in the top four who had double digit uh, results in one of their motos, Shane McElrath and uh, Jeremy Martin, who uh, g- gets together with um, with Dylan Ferrandis in uh, in the second in the first moto uh, when they were coming forward at the very beginning. Uh, that was ugly. Um, or I guess that was that was later in the moto, uh, which you know that Martin was not pumped about that. I saw uh, Dylan coming down uh, into uh, into that spot, or maybe that was the second moto, first moto, second moto. Fuck, there's so many motos, can't even uh, keep them all straight. But like, Fernandez had no business making that pass. Still sticks it in there. Uh, that must have been the first moto because. Uh, 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 Martin gets uh, an 11th in that moto, uh, kind of screws him up. But uh, like Ferrandez, both motos 13th after the first lap, absolutely butt ugly, going the fastest in both motos. For sure, he had to have had the fastest lap, uh, if not damn close to it. Qualifies second, second on the day, makes up three points in the championship, but like just doing himself no favors. The guy is in panic mode every single moto. It's got to be so uh, exhausting 
to be racing as Dylan Ferranis right now. Um, and yeah, like doesn't win either of the motos, but clearly the fastest guy doesn't leave with the points lead right now. He's back by nine points with, uh, with eight motos to go in this championship. Um, yeah. And we've got all kind like guys moving to the front. We see jet jet Lawrence was his first uh, podium in uh, in a moto. He follows that up with an eighth. So he's all the way back in sixth overall. Um, Justin Cooper, just a weird day, seven, uh, seven, five. Like it's it, it, these guys are all over the place. Like you, you got both uh, McAdoo and Shimoda. They had motos inside the top eight, and then they, their other moto was uh, outside the top fifteen. Like it's just absolutely incredible to see these guys. Kind of like one moto, they're unbelievable. The next moto, they're they're just like, who are these guys? Uh, Heart ramp. He must have had an issue in the second moto. He goes. Uh, 10 20 after uh, after his first ever podium performance in an outdoor uh hunter lawrence still must be dealing with some serious issues he's almost been completely off the radar going 12 26 nine points on the day um it's wild man like you literally how many guys you had uh, getting points you had 22 guys getting points it's actually weird that you didn't have more guys that were in the top like outside the top 20 uh usually have more more guys that like moves toward a point, but like it's it's just incredible to see all like this the variety of uh, different finishes that you're getting and so much speed at the front. Yeah, it, it it's kind of baffling, you know what I mean? The, the fact that um, number one, the fastest guy isn't really winning, you know, so that no. throws a, a whole wrench in there. And then you have all these other like He's young won one kids national so who are injected in. Yeah, right. And you have the, all these other young kids who are injected in who are kind of playing a little bit of spoilers. And you have the guys who are almost like the second tier guys that are, mm-hmm. that can't be consistent as some of these new young guns are like some of these kids are. Um, yeah. And like you said, there's like, there's 22 people getting points in most of these races. And like, it, it's so flip-flopping. We're, we're seeing like 11, one for fourth and like 19, seven for 11 and four 13, you know, they're, they're, the, the parity in the class is, is so crazy right now. And um it, it makes it better for us as, as fans watching because, you know, we never know what's going to happen. We never know who's going to win. But I'm sure it's, you know, frustrating as all hell for, like, a Dylan Ferrandez or, like, a Jeremy Martin or, or a Mitchell Harrison who, who was trying to, like, you know, be that guy who's, who's consistent and solid and, and trying to make, you know, the PC guys happy for a ride, hopefully. Um, it's got to be so frustrating for them. You know, Ferrandez, we'll go, go back to him. The guy is by far the fastest guy. We've seen it every weekend. And, you know, his starts have been 15th place at best. He's having a ride from the back and, you know, and he lost the points, the points lead and red plates in Jeremy's hands now. So, so much, so many things are happening where it's like up and down, up and down. And um, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy, man. This, this class has just been absolutely insane. Like I said, it's great for us Moto fans. Fair enough. So I ask you this on the heels of uh, one of his worst, uh, like one of, worst, one of his worst finishes uh, in the overall uh, on the weekend, Alex Martin, as well as Jeremy Martin, both outside the top three off the podium overall, um, but both have won motos. In fact, just this last, uh, the last moto was won by Jeremy Martin. Which one of them comes out swinging in two weeks' time at Millville uh, when we come back? Uh, I believe it's Millville that we hit next. Um and uh, yeah, what wh- what are we to expect when these guys all come back together and uh, and square off? Because I think those two are get- they they definitely have some uh, 
uh, some work to do. Obviously, like uh, Martin has the points lead, but he needs to put up points on Ferrandis every single weekend going forward. And uh, when, as far as Alex is, Alex is concerned, I think he, he's not going to uh, settle for uh, top five in points. He wants to be ahead of McElrath, and I think he wants to be ahead of Hampshire as well. I, I think so too. Um, you know, if you had to ask me honestly, I think Jeremy would have the upper hand. Um, you know, not only does he seem to be gelling with his Honda a little bit better than Alex is with, uh, with his Suzuki. I think Jeremy has that extra like motivation, that extra fire, especially after that weird inside move that Fernandez did that put Jeremy and himself on the ground. I think he's got a little bit more of a fire under his ass to, to make something happen. And this is his home track. So he's got home track advantage. He's got, you know, tons of fans screaming his name. He's got, you know, um, some confidence knowing that he, you know, he is a red plate holder. Um, I think he's going to come out swinging and, and, Ferrandez has to be ready for that. I think Alex is going to probably do a top five and be more solid than people, people think, uh, especially since he's been having a pretty solid top five, top three um, campaign so far. Like any given weekend, the guy can be, you know, podium threat. He, he's, been, he's been super solid, even has one win. Um, but I, I think that combined with, like for him, the home track advantage, uh, I think he's going to have a solid weekend and could be could play a little bit of a spoiler to Ferrandis maybe if uh, Ferrandis has another 250C type start where he's you know 15th and as it comes to the back he might he might, he might have his hands full trying to get around uh, Alex if he's behind so um, that's going to be a little that's going to be a little interesting to see um, yeah hopefully the weather holds out we can have a true to life race because the weather seems to be kind of crazy like hit or miss lately for for this time of the year so. I would love to see a uh, a Spring Creek that was a little bit different than what you and I went to last year. That's for sure. No doubt. But honestly, I could see a mutter happening. Like if it's raining, and I don't know what kind of weather you're getting in Wisconsin right now, but uh, let's switch let's switch things over to Fahrenheit. I'm dealing with 45 degrees outside right now. Uh, I'm dealing with about 54, 55. Okay, so only 10 10 degrees and, different, and, and it's and it's pouring. It's pouring right now. Yeah. So, but it, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the type of year, time of year where when things get wet, they fucking stay wet. Like, yes, you don't get those the the heat over the evening and like dry things out. There's not that 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 midday heat doesn't really hit till about three o'clock. Um, yeah. So if they get rain, I could I could easily see uh, it being a really wet race. Of course. If it's not, it could be fantastic. Beautiful weather for racing could be like a uh, a sunny and uh, a sunny and seventy degrees. Uh, but come time for the motos, so like uh, I'm not saying there's going to be a for sure mutter or something like that. But this is definitely the time of year that uh, up in the northwest, when it gets uh, or central, I guess is about the middle of the countries you can get. Um, Midwest is it's just that it, it it's uh it gets really cool and uh the temperatures could be uh really difficult to turn things around as far as moisture is concerned. I think that um Jeremy Martin in his backyard, I think you can pencil him in for at least one moto victory if he's consistent, uh stays on the podium. There's not much Dylan Friends can do about that other than just go faster. Um and I don't like his starts. I think every single weekend he seems to make it uh make things more difficult on himself. It's been a while since he led some races. In fact, uh, I believe it was the first. It was he won the first two motos, um, and uh, he only has three moto victories on the year so far. So, uh, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think that uh, he's definitely uh, got some work to do, 
and uh, he's at least making that championship a lot more interesting than it should have been, probably. Um, if Dylan Ferrandez was was getting decent starts, his average start position is outside the top 10. If his average start was in the top five whatsoever, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd be asking uh, how how early can Dylan Ferrandez wrap this thing up, and he's right now he's behind by nine exactly. points. Exactly. Yeah, average start is 13.9. Like, average qualifying, on, just on speed, he's 1.4. Yeah, average start exactly. like, 13.9 and that is going off of after the first lap so yeah. that doesn't include the two the three races where he was outside the top 20 uh or maybe it's outside the top 25 on the start so uh yeah, and the average the finish turns, yeah. yeah average finish he's uh and he still led the most amount of laps in the class which is fucking insane so yeah like <laughs> Far and away the best guy, and still down by nine points. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Dylan and, and all of his first first lap woes, uh, we have a championship on our hands. Uh, but that may change. Um, but uh, until he proves otherwise, I think I gotta I gotta like uh, Jeremy Martin for the rest of this title. I know I'm completely backtracking everything that I said uh, earlier, uh, but I'm just as far as like a guy I know of know can do this title. He's done it twice before. Manage it. Good starts. Good uh, good finishes. Uh, and he's still he's got got some speed under the hood. I like Jeremy going forward. And uh, like with eight with eight motos to go, it's uh, it's got a tall order for uh, for Dylan, even though he's only down by nine. Oh man, I I hate to say it, but like the way things are going, it looks like I I don't want to say Dylan's overriding and like. But he's almost seems like he's like panicking a little bit. You know what I mean? And that, sure that can is. be disastrous for for a super or for a, a outdoor campaign. He sees That's red. Like, he's like a he when he gets into that zone, like it's he's yeah. like a bull in a china shop. He just goes, he's just on full go mode. Like this is what yeah. would happen if Alex Ray had like more talent. <laughs> and, and, and it and it, it sucks to say, but I'm uh. Yeah, I, I I really like Jeremy the position he's in right now because he has a little bit of a cushion. Um, Ferrandis is almost in like that oh shit I gotta go mode, which is like you said it makes him kind of bull in the china shop type of type of deal. So his the risk for him crashing or having like you know overriding his bike and and stuff like that, you know where he could have a mechanical or taking the wrong line and and going down and knocking himself out like we, he almost did the first one first red bud. Um, his chances are a lot higher because of the position he put himself in where Jeremy just has to really, he could just get like, you know, first and second, um, you know, not have to really battle if Brandis gets up there and wants to knock him out or whatever. Like, well, you know what, dude, here, pass me whatever. I have a cushion on you anyway. I've got to, you know, I, I can I can keep the second and then just beat your next moto when you get 20th in the whole shot and I don't see you have to race. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there, I, I like Jeremy's position a little bit better than Dylan's right now because he's not, I feel like, overly... Uh, overly panic like Dylan is. So um, I do, however, I think Ferrandis um, can, if he gets his starts so much, much, much better, um, he can go wire to wire, whole shot and win. And, you know, they have to deal with these guys and just start knocking off three points here, three points here, three points here. And by the time we head up to like WW, second model, we couldn't have the, the points lead back. You know what I mean? So um, it, it, I could see it going either way. I just think Jeremy Martin is in a much more preferred preferred position because he doesn't have to really go all out and go crazy. So um, yeah, chances for Dylan doing something disastrous, man. It's just it's it's so high right now, and 
I'm bummed, man, because I'm a huge Ferrandez fan. I really like watching this guy ride and and, uh, and and how nicely he gels with that Yamaha, which, by the way, whatever Yamaha's doing to their motors, man, it is not even fair. Like, like how they're not getting torn down every race, man. These guys are just in a different world compared to everybody else in those 250s. Yeah, no, making the leap look so easy on a 250. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll mention Happened that Alex Bar- and, Alex Barton yeah. also jumped it on the on the the RM Army, but he did it like once. Um, mm. Whereas uh, it looked like the 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 Yamaha guys pretty much had that in the back of their back of their pocket. Um, always a pleasure to have you on the Big MX Radio podcast, Dave. Um, Couple weeks off. Uh, who do you like for overall wins when we when we get back uh, in a couple weeks time in Millville, both two fifties and four fifties. Uh, um, just based off of consistency, I like Jeremy taking the overall. Um, I don't. It might not be a one one, but uh, the guy's just been so much more consistent than his counterparts. Man, he he stayed for the eleventh because he got you know him and Dylan tangled. But I, I just like that so many things are in this corner right now, man. He doesn't have to ride panicked. He knows his bike very well. He knows the track probably better than anybody. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'm really talented and won this title before. I really like his chances. I'm going to go for 450. Um, oh, man, that one's a little, I mean, I, I like Osborne. I, again, same deal. I don't think he's going to be a, a 1-1 kind of guy, but he's you know he's going to be in the podium, top three, and be pretty consistent. So, I'd say it'd be almost a mirror image of what we saw at uh, Redwood number one. Fair enough. Well, uh, hopefully uh, you're you're right on that. I think uh, he has no choice but to come out and uh, and at least make a statement, make uh, make a charge for this championship. Uh, and if he doesn't do it, I think the summer's done for Eli Tomac. I, I predict that he goes 1-1 uh, on the day and at least wins the overall in Millville. He has to. He has no choice. He's in a, a zero-option mentality. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, Jeremy Martin on his home soil, uh, I think he's going to have the speed. I think he's going to have the consistency. I don't like with a left-handed first start. Um, I don't like it, Dylan Ferrandis, in that scenario. So uh, for that reason, I'm out on him uh, for a for an overall. I think that it's going to be Jeremy Martin followed by uh, um, probably someone on a star Yamaha because those things are fast. <laughs> Ridiculously fast. Yeah, so Macraft seems to like uh, Melville pretty decently. I think he does. You know, he, uh, definitely, the guy goes. The guy just goes fast. He's got tons of skill on a motorcycle. But uh, appreciate the time, Dave. Uh, as always, um, for those who don't already follow the Collective EX on Instagram, or ex- yes, Collective XP on Instagram. Collective yeah, EX. EX. Yeah, you got right. <laughs> EX on Instagram, go check them out, follow along, cool stuff happening all the time. Uh, You have yourself a great rest of your day. Do not hang up just yet, my friend, but but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there.